everybody, welcome into another episode of A Nichols Worth. I'm your host, Keaton Nichols. You can catch me on the socials at Keaton D Nichols. Make sure you subscribe to our show page at A Nichols Worth on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube. It's our new one for this year, keeping everything, uh, this season rather, keeping everything on YouTube. Check it out. You can get our live videos there. Um, as well as a list of past shows. Every single one is going to be up there. And as always, we're still on Spotify and Anchor as well. Just search A Nichols Worth. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. March the 17th, 2021. The big news of the past 24 hours has seemingly been, of course, the story um, of Robert Long, a 21-year-old uh, in and around who, in and around the Atlanta area, shot and killed eight people. Um, there are others who are wounded as well. Six of those victims were Asian American women, who, which has now sparked off this sort of national conversation about violence against Asian Americans. Um, a, a very interesting reaction, but one that is expected. In this particular case, something horrific happened yesterday. And before we get like too deep into the weeds um, about breaking down some of the things that we should be kind of pulling from this, we can't ever sort of, uh, uh, you know, dehumanize the situation when something like this happens. Oftentimes, that's what we do. We look at the numbers and the scale of everything and we say, wow, um, you know, this is the largest shooting that we've seen in Texas, or this is the most horrific shooting since 2014. And we kind of, you know, do these numbers and kind of lose sight on the fact that, you know, people lost their lives and something that absolutely didn't need to happen. So the United States, we'll get into this a little bit later, absolutely leads the world in terms of guns per capita um, and homicide deaths via uh, uh, via gun. So gun homicides, let's call them um, in the world where we're far ahead of just about every developed nation. There's maybe a few countries that are ahead of us on that, but still um, being at the top of that list or near the top of that list is not something that you want. Um, it creates an interesting sort of environment around guns in this country. And I've done some other, other shows and some other podcasts on that kind of thing. It's weird culture. It is a bit strange, but it is what it is here in this country. That's just what we've done, what we've done with this. So I don't want to lose sight on that, that, um, you know, that people died yesterday in an incident that absolutely didn't need to happen, whether it was by gun or by something else. Absolutely ridiculous. But anyway, this incident has has really put, you know, the uh, issue of violence or harassment of Asian Americans, you know, sort of back on the center stage. And I say back because, you know, sort of last year, um, you know, very early on in the pandemic, uh, we know that the prior administration um, sort of exacerbated, if you will, that issue of violence against Asian-American uh, people, which we'll get into again in just a second. But the the reaction, um, I think, has been appropriate. There's been a lot of people that have kind of made the comment like, wow, look at all these people that suddenly understand what hate is and they understand how to react. Yes, of course, this is what's supposed to happen. And I think there are other situations in which people that look like me, um, for example, haven't exactly had that same respect given to them in certain situations. Um, but I don't think that this is necessarily a stage where we should be, you know, sort of competing for that attention, if you will. Um, I think that the reactions have been have been fair. And I think that this is what we should be doing when something like this happens, not just having a national conversation, but sort of putting social pressure, if you will. On some folks, um, everybody, you know, people from the NBA. I mean, I know Jeremy Lin had commented um, on this. You have people in Congress, Asian Americans in Congress, 
or or people of Asian descent in Congress, um, you know, who have commented on this. So it's it's a lot. Right. Like it's a lot in the moment um, of what's happening right now. So just some information on this in case people weren't really aware as to like how bad is violence against Asian Americans. This is from NBC News. I just found this today and this information has been you know, sort of repeated in other outlets. I so happen to get it from NBC News, but you can find this information now just about anywhere. Um, they said the research released by um, reporting forum Stop AAPI Hate on Tuesday re- uh, revealed that nearly 3,800 incidents were reported over the course of roughly a year during the pandemic, significantly higher than last year. Women also made up for about 68% of those incidents, those reported incidents. Um, so that's a lot um, in comparison even to last year. These numbers are, are continuing to sort of rise, and that's obviously a big issue. That's a problem when and when pockets of hate are then arising um, and, and creating or, and, and sort of highlighting issues like this or underscoring rather issues like this. So you if you've been watching some of the political realm, even if you haven't, the Democrats have kind of and I think rightfully so been aiming some of this blame cannon for this recent uptick in violence or this uptick in violence over the last year on the prior presidential administration. Donald, we're talking about Donald Trump, right? And I think that that makes that makes sense, right? Given his rhetoric, um, <laughs> sorry about that. Given his rhetoric um, and the virus, Jen Psaki, she's the uh, White House press secretary. Much less exciting. Than any other press secretaries that Trump had because, you know, she doesn't have to, like, you know, lie about, like, really blatant and obvious facts that we all see in society. That was a tough position, I'm sure, for prior press secretaries to have. Jen Psaki, she's the new one for Biden. um, And she said at a presser today, I think there's no question that some of the damaging rhetoric that we saw during the prior administration calling COVID the Wuhan virus or other things led to perceptions of the Asian American community that are inaccurate, unfair, and has elevated threats against Asian Americans. And we're seeing that uh, all around the country. We're seeing that around the country, rather. And she's right, like uh, calling it the Wuhan virus, saying it's the, the Chinese virus or any of the other names that he sort of put on it. And it's not just the names, right? Like it, it does go deeper than that. You know, if you did take any of the time to listen to some of the press briefings during the course of coronavirus that Trump himself showed up at or had one of his press secretaries, his unfortunate press secretaries have to sort of be the mouth mouthpiece of what exactly Trump thought at one of these uh, these uh, uh, um daily briefings, if you will, on coronavirus, a lot of blame was put on China and a lot of the media here, uh, China and Chinese people, I should say, by the way, and a lot of the media that was there would push back against this rhetoric. I don't want to give this impression that there weren't people who were stepping in and saying, hey, what you're saying right now is damaging and what you're saying right now is is wrong. There's a few specific examples of this, not just from Asian journalists either. So by the Democrats sort of aiming this, you know, blame cannon at Trump, I think that's that's right. In, in terms of like right or wrong, that's where you can point to this. But I think we have to remember also that, you know, and I, I talk about this when we when we talk about uh, Donald Trump and trying to understand exactly, you know, what's happening with Donald Trump, why Donald Trump happened in this great country, quote unquote, this great country like the United States. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that the people made this happen. Right. The people made this happen and tried to continue to make it happen for another four years, a valiant effort um, just last year, just last November. 
And what I mean by that, um, a few things. First, the people elected Donald Trump. Now, I know he did not get the majority of the votes in this country. He lost the popular vote in 2016 and 2020, of course. But uh, in the election that he actually did win, the people elected this man, right? Like it was a close race and maybe it could have been decided by a few, you know, tight factors. That's pretty much every presidential race, though, right? The people still elected him. There were enough votes that it even was close and he won. And so when we say things like Trump exacerbated a negative rhetoric um, or a harmful rhetoric against Asian Americans during the course of his presidency, the violence that we are now seeing across the country is not Donald Trump going around and individually harassing Asian Americans, uh, you know, on like a, a, a U.S. tour or something. No, Donald Trump is where Donald Trump is. The people who are inflicting this damage on the Asian American community and other communities as well. But tonight we're talking about specifically about Asian American violence. The people who are the individuals who are who are perpetrating this violence are American citizens. These are these are people who live in America who are oftentimes, yes, following the rhetoric of the president. And have been influenced by the rhetoric of the president. That's a problem. That's a major problem. Because America loves to claim that it's this place of great diversity. Our diversity is our strength. You'll hear a lot of Democrats probably saying that in the next couple of years. Right? Like our diversity is what brings us together or, you know, sort of things like that. And those are nice catchphrases. They really are. And they make you feel warm and fuzzy inside about being an American. But it's not exactly true are there individuals that do this yes are there are there pockets of the country in which you might experience this um consistently yes but i think what this shows if one man one single individual person can stand up in front of a crowd or in front of the nation and say hey i really think that we should throw some shade and throw some hate at the asian american community and then people actually do it yeah, we should condemn the man for speaking out on it, which we have done. And I think we should continue to do that. Make sure that history kind of and that's what I think the Democrats are kind of trying to do here. Make sure history remembers exactly who is responsible for this uptick in violence. And it's, hey, it's not us. Right. Pre previous guy. And that was a real rhetoric that had a real effect. But let's not forget that the people of this country, the 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 the, the people of this country, almost half of the voting public um, almost have voted twice to elect this man as president one time he actually won the other time he didn't but voted twice for this man after four years of this rhetoric it's not surprise kind of stuff that came out of nowhere people knew who he was certainly by 2020 i think they knew who he was in 2016 but we can't forget that the people were the ones that elected trump the people are the ones who are inflicting this violence on asian americans and others we don't have this utopian, diverse society in this country that we would love to believe that we do. And I'm not saying that to take a swipe at America because I like hate America or I'm anti-American or anything. I think that we have to identify these problems so that we can get over them. Like if you don't if you don't acknowledge that something is wrong, then you don't fix the problem. And I think too often times we treat incidents like what happened yesterday. And who knows? He says it wasn't racially motivated, but who cares? Right. Like we know that the, dem the demographic group of the people that he killed and shot and maimed. We know that the facts were all there. The evidence is all there. We can all make our own conclusions about whether or not it was racially motivated or not. The guy's a murderer. I think whether or not it was racially motivated or not is the least of his individual concerns. But I think at this point, 
we have to look at situations like this and we really have to think to ourselves how can we solve this this is not something that we can just say oh this is a one-off this is an outlier on society this was a, a radical that was influenced by a few crazy words these this is not america this is not what makes up america well at some point we have to acknowledge that yes this is a part of what makes up america that's not something to be embarrassed about that's not something to run away from that's something to fix you can't claim that you have a Bentley if you have a Ford Focus in your driveway. No matter how much you, you, you want that to be true, the fact is the fact. Whatever car you have in your driveway is the car that you have. You can believe that you have a Bentley. You can believe that you are rich. You can, you can believe that all these things are true that, they are, that, that really aren't. Sure, you can believe that. But I, it'd be a lot harder to actually acquire a Bentley in that situation, a real Bentley, if you don't first acknowledge that you don't have one now, if that makes any sense. And that's what we've got to do in this country. We have to acknowledge that this awesome country that we would like to portray to other countries and would like to display as, as being the power and the, the pride of the world isn't really that great. Within that context, at least, it is not that great, but that's how we get to work on this. If we continually sort of uphold the pillars of this very problematic society, then the same type of leadership is going to be finding its way to uh, 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 to this system. We don't want that. We've talked about it, at, you know, within other shows as well. We don't want the same type of leadership. We won't. We don't want the same type of things to happen. So if we don't want the same type of things to happen then we cannot continually promote the idea that what is happening right now is good and is okay. But it sometimes gets derailed for a second or two when tragedies like yesterday happened. It's real. It's absolutely real. And I think that we are getting better at identifying as a country. We're getting better at identifying some of these issues. I think that's good. But identifying is just half the battle. Once we find out, once we do the data and the research or we find the data and, the, and do the research um, behind this, I think a lot of us start to say and start to think to ourselves, okay, now I understand it, right? Now I'm getting more information about why this is happening. The next step is actually fixing it and solving it. Identifying or, or knowing that this information is a part of fixing the problem. Yes, but it's a part of who we are too. So I think all communities, you know, when people, t when people talk about like the issue of like, how do we stop, you know, violence and hate against Asian Americans? It's real simple. Just don't do it. There's nothing that I can bribe somebody with and be like, hey, man, I think that you should you treat you treat Asian people like garbage. I think you, that you shouldn't like there's no speech that you can give to a person that has hate in their heart. Really? I don't believe so. The biggest thing is just not doing it. Some of us in this country, especially those that, are, that belong to quote unquote minority groups, I think understand a little bit better the concept of diversity and fairness and equality a little bit better than, you know, let's say whites in this country. I think there's there's a fundamental sort of thing and experience type of thing that you just kind of got to have to understand it a little bit better. And oftentimes it is it is minority groups like the Asian American community that has come out in full force to bring awareness to this. It's oftentimes those minority groups that are sort of tasked unfairly with leading the conversation about how not to hate. I mean, there's certainly some hateful people who are people of color as well. But I mean, th the main issue isn't really on this side of the line, so to speak. And that's something that, again, people have to understand and recognize that is a part of them. It's a flaw that is a part of them.
people of all colors, really, and of all races. If you have hate in your heart, you just got you just got to stop, man. Like that's that's simple. There's no speech. There's no class. There's no desensitivity or sensitivity training or anything else like that that can prepare you for this. Just don't do it. And I think there's a lot of people that do understand that in this country, but there's a lot of uh, th there's too many people, I think, in this country that make up too large a percentage of this country that don't believe in that necessarily. They feel that their hate is justified. And people like Trump, when they get up to the front of the crowd and they incite and they say the things that he did, it doesn't create it doesn't um, you know, it, it, it's not like Trump said what he said. And then suddenly people who were otherwise good and, and, and God fearing people, so to speak, suddenly now believe that Asian Americans are at fault for this. Typically, if you were the kind of person that's willing to inflict damage on an Asian American because of what Trump said, it didn't necessarily take Trump saying that for that thought to originate or that thought to pop up in your head. And for you to then go further with that. So that's an issue that I think we need to address in this country. Um, there's there there are other sort of facets of this as well. Like, I don't want us to get too comfortable in this idea, that, you know, that the Biden administration, because it's going to be so much better at at least handling um, and measuring these situations um, than the Trump administration. I don't want us to get lost in the idea that the Biden administration is going to be better, um, you know, for these kinds of issues in the country. We got to look at what the numbers say. We got not just the numbers. We got to look at what the situation warrants itself over the next couple of years. Violence in this country is something that is done um, far too often. And it's oftentimes between communities um, that don't really understand each other. That's something that we got to work on. Hopefully the Democrats do better at that. But also, um, I think local politics are going to play an important role here. I think local politicians have, have become very distanced from their constituencies. And in that instance, it becomes hard to kind of solve problems like this on a local level. A lot of local politicians just looking to get to that next step and that next level without investing any real time in their community. So that's something that I'm looking for as we continually think about candidates that we want to craft for the 2022 elections before 2022 gets here, right? Crafting this, the idea of what kind of person we want. That's that's the kind of person that I want, right? Somebody that isn't going to look at this issue as a political thing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to stop violence in these particular communities because it's good for my political career. I'm going to do what I can to stop violence in these communities because it's what the community needs, right? That's the mark of a good politician, not one that rises through the ranks, one that has shiny teeth um, and can, you know, smile and make a promise right it's the ones that actually get the stuff done the represent those are the best representatives so those are some of the things that i'm looking forward to let me know what you think in the comments uh section as well to some solutions possibly to some of these issues or what um that we can do on a local level to kind of help as a community and other conversations that might need to be started as well you can leave those in the comment section if you so please um and i think that we got we do have to get creative with this kind of stuff. It's, it is about incentives. It's about resources. It's about understanding mental health. A lot of this stuff, um, to, to sort of quell violence in cities all around. Um, but I, I also don't want us to get too stuck on this idea of, with this story yesterday about, you know, sort of race and did he do it because they were Asian and what's the evidence of that? Is it, is he going to be charged with a hate crime? These are a lot of sugar topics around this particular incident eight people are dead because of this person and that's the real tragedy here 
So hopefully we don't lose sight on that. Let me know what you think in the comment section and I am going to get out of here. Make sure you like and subscribe. Um, of course, you can like uh, I'm sorry, you can subscribe to a nickels worth at a nickels worth on YouTube, all that other good stuff. YouTube, um, we're on Spotify, we're on Anchor, Facebook, all different types of stuff. Make sure you check us out. Um, ParkourTherapy.com sponsoring this month. So make sure you check them out. All new Parkour Plus workouts are all the rage. I actually just did my first workout today on Parkour Plus because I'm having trouble working out and I'm just not that kind of guy um, that's naturally motivated. But Parkour Plus workouts are pretty darn good. They're very easy. You can do all different types of stuff right from your phone. It's pretty cheap per month and you get a free trial to start. So make sure you check that out. Parkour Plus available now at ParkourTherapy.com. I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys again on Friday for another edition of A Nickel's Worth. Give this a share on your timelines if you care. And I'll see you on Friday.